If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 15 through 18 this morning. Learning from the shepherds, you realize you can learn from everyone? Uh, you can learn what to do or what not to do. And I believe the most sobering reality today is that people are dying today and going to hell. And sometimes we don't think about that. Especially during the Christmas season, we think about the uh, presents and the tree. And now you're probably thinking about, oh, i got to take all this down. And it's, it's all over now. But folks, the reality is that people today are dying and going to hell. And I want us to learn from the shepherds. I believe there's some characteristics in their lives that we can learn from that should help us as Christians and should be part of our church. Oswald Smith said this, any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited its biblical right to exist. Let me read that again. He said, any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited the biblical right to exist. Hudson Taylor said this, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Charles Spurgeon said that salvation changes a person. He said, if you're saved and you don't have a desire for others to be saved, you're not saved. He said, be sure of that. Jesus Christ had one son. His son was a missionary. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And as I was reading Luke chapter 2, there were some qualities in the life of these shepherds as they heard about the great news that Jesus Christ had been born. And they were going there to witness, they were going there to witness the birth of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2 this morning, verse 15. And it came to pass, as the angel went, angels were gone away from them in heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning the child, this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I do ask that uh, you'd quiet our hearts. And Father, help us to focus upon your word this morning. Uh, Lord, I'm so thankful this is your word, not my word. It's not my opinion. Uh, it's your word. And Father, uh, we often wonder why you would appear to shepherds. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, the response, the positive response the shepherds had uh, when they heard about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray this morning that we learn some um, qualities in a shepherd's life that we could apply to our lives. And Lord, if there should be someone here that does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray, Father, today that they would make that very important decision to receive Christ as their Savior so they can spend eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're all looking forward, if you're saved, to heaven. And there are several things in heaven that we're not going to have to experience. And I'm thankful for that. There won't be any sin. Won't that be a blessing? 
Uh, no murder, nobody stealing, uh, nobody um, getting into fights. Uh, there won't be jealousy, there won't be anger. I mean, it'll be a wonderful place. No sin at all. And wouldn't it be great if you could just get up in the morning and not sin one time during the day? We all sin. There won't be any worry. There won't be any fear. Uh, it'll be a great place. Uh, not only won't there be any sin, there won't be any suffering. Uh, yesterday, Joshua texted me and said there was a young man that was in a hospital in Tennessee. And uh, he has a form of lymphoma. And uh, he's just barely hanging on for life. And I'm thinking how many people are celebrating and uh, uh, we're, we're enjoying life and yet this young man is suffering and, and people with cancer and uh, heart problems. I'm glad that in heaven there won't be any of that. I'm thankful that in heaven there won't be any separation, no funerals. Praise the Lord. And it's hard for me when I call people uh, on the phone that are members of our church and they're suffering greatly. And uh, it's just hard just to, you know, to understand what they're going through. I don't understand. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ suffered for us so that we could enjoy all eternity without suffering. But there's another thing that we're not going to be able to participate in, and that is so winning. You're not going to be able to invite someone to church up in heaven. You're not going to be able to warn someone about the terrors of hell in heaven. Because all opportunities to witness will be over. Right now we have those opportunities. You often wonder, why did God send his angels to the shepherds? I mean, shepherds were despised. They were the outcast. They were rejected. In fact, shepherds many times because of their occupation would miss the religious ceremonies of the day. And so uh, they were not allowed to testify in court. Uh, when people saw shepherds, they even thought that maybe these guys would uh, be thieves and uh, they didn't have a good reputation. But you know, there's some lessons we can learn from the shepherds. That evening as they were watching their sheep, and I don't know how many shepherds they had. I don't know if there were eight shepherds out there or more than eight or less than eight. I don't know. But the Bible says that suddenly an angel appeared. And the angel had a message for the shepherds. And then the sky was filled with a multitude of angels. Now I don't know about you, but that would wake me up. You think in time after time you're trying to count the stars or you're looking at the moon at night and uh, all of a sudden all these angels appear in the sky and imagine their conversation. They were probably talking together about the angels, what they just saw and said, no one's going to believe us. But I see some qualities in the shepherds' lives that ought to be in our lives as well. In verse 15 it says, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us. The first quality I see in the shepherd's life that we ought to have in our lives is the shepherds were in agreement. The shepherds were in agreement. It said, let us. Now, I'm sure if there was any shepherd that was sleeping, he wasn't sleeping at this time. Because they woke their other men up and they said, you missed it. You should have seen what we saw. Did we really see it? Did we really hear the angel? Did we really see a multitude of angels? And they were all discussing. What should we do? 
They were all in agreement. Let us, they said, go now to the city of Bethlehem. You say, well, pastor, do you think there was some disagreement? Yes, I do. I'm sure some of the shepherds probably felt like, uh, we can't go into Bethlehem. Last time I went there, I, I mean, people walked on the opposite side of the street. They're not going to believe us. We're shepherds. We look like sheep. We smell like sheep. They're not going to listen to us. Why should we go? Probably some said, well, why don't you go by yourself and uh, uh, we'll just wait here. No, all of them said, let us. Now, folks, if there's one thing we all ought to be in agreement on is that people need Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter how nice they are. It doesn't matter how wealthy they are. It doesn't matter what position they have. If they die without Jesus Christ, they will spend all eternity in hell. And I believe that uh, we're not going to agree on a lot of things. Maybe that style of leadership. Uh, maybe you don't agree on um, your favorite color. And I met someone the other day and uh, they said their favorite color, they didn't like blue. And I thought, how can they say that? I mean, that's God's favorite color. It's my favorite color, all right? You've got to love blue. I mean, uh, God, uh, he made the skies blue, the water's blue. Uh, this person said they didn't like blue very well. And maybe your favorite color is purple or green or black. Or, or it could be some other color. And we may not agree on favorite color or sports. Uh, some of you may say, Pastor, my favorite sport is football. Or you might say it's golf and I'll say, oh, okay. Or you might say tennis and I'll really say, oh boy, you got to get a life. And, and you know, we all have different sports we like. But folks, there's one thing we need to agree on. That is, we're here to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. I believe the Bible shows us very clearly that Satan wants to divide his people. And if he can divide us, he keeps us from advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he doesn't care. That we disagree on things. He wants to cause division because he wants us not to love advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest gift is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, when a person dies, if they die without Jesus Christ, they will spend all eternity in hell without Jesus Christ. In Psalm 133, verse 1, the psalmist said, Behold how good and how pleasant... It is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Because it's a rare thing in your home. When there's fighting going on, it's not a pleasant thing for others to be around. If our nurseries were open and you went back and you stuck your head into the nursery this morning and uh, all the kids were content and they were sharing the toys... And the nursery workers were happy and they were rocking the kids in the rocking chair. And you say, wow, and everybody's smiling. You see, and Jenny's smiling. You'd say, wow, this is great. But if you go back into the nursery and you looked in, and the babies are crying, and the workers are crying, and the kids are biting each other, and they're pulling each other's hair and they're fighting over it, you said, this is terrible. Now, folks, 
God desires for his people to be in agreement. And I want to urge you and plead with you, encourage you that this next year, let's be in agreement of one thing, that Jesus is coming soon. And that when people die without Jesus Christ, they spend all eternity in hell. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that ye there be no divisions among you, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I don't have enough time this morning to go through all the verses about division, but Satan would love to use you this morning to cause division because he does not want the gospel to advance. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul is in prison and he writes, and he says this, Only above everything else, whether I come to you or not, whether I talk to you or not, only let your conversation, that is your lifestyle. Now one reason God's people don't like to hand out tracts because their lifestyle doesn't back up what the tract has to say. And folks, it's okay to hand out tracts, but it's better to be a light to this world because all of a sudden you just appear out of heaven and you give somebody a track and you disappear. They want to see your life. Only let your conversation, your lifestyle, we represent heaven. John is a realtor and uh, he has a privilege of showing people a house or apartment building before they buy it. We don't have that opportunity to so say, let me just see heaven. It's by faith. And the best representative that people can see are Christians living for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, only your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I believe Paul was talking about the military, the soldiers at that time. When they went into battle, they would stand side by side with their shields up. And he said, for the gospel, just like the soldiers would stand together for a common cause, and I'm sure they didn't agree on everything, but they agreed on this, we better win this battle. Folks, the souls of men are worth it. Paul said, stand together. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Wow. They're elite church. They said, it's not my house. It's not my chariot. It's not my food. It belongs to all of us. Because we're all together in the same battle. Now folks, God didn't allow you to choose what home you were born in. Because some of you say, oh man, I got that brother, no way, I want a different home. Or I have this sister, ah, I don't want that. 
Well, I want different parents. God didn't allow you to uh, choose. You were born in the home that God put you in for a reason. Same thing as Christians. We don't get to select who's in the family of God. And there might be someone you, you, oh, you don't really care for, but remember this, God loves that person, and you'll spend the rest of eternity with that person. I don't know if Paul was thinking of Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, when he wrote, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 2, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, The Lord reigneth. The Lord reigneth. Now I'm sure those shepherds had quite a few different opinions. Probably how, how to raise sheep. How to feed the sheep. How much food to give the sheep. Where they should graze. If they should keep the sheep closer than uh, maybe another shepherd would. But they were all in agreement. We've got to go to Jerusalem. Paul writes, Fulfill ye my joy. Words of Paul. He says, I want to be joyful. Fulfill ye my joy. That ye be like-minded. That means on the same page. Now we may not be on the same page on many issues, but we need to be on the same page about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand, folks? God has placed us on this earth for a reason. And the moment we got saved, he didn't just take us to heaven. He left us here to be a light. He said, you're salt, you're light. We have great news that we can share with others. He said, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each steam other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So Paul tells us, where does discord come from? Pride. We all battle with pride. The Bible says, where there's contention, there's pride. Imagine this morning, if God would take away all those works in the church that were done for vainglory, that were done for self, so that people could see us and that we did it because we wanted our way. How many works would we have left? You see, the Christian life is not about self-display. It's about self-denial. These shepherds, for a common cause, were in agreement. Fanny Crosby, when she was six weeks old, a doctor messed up and she became blind. Later on, she got saved. She did not allow that blindness to discourage her. She said, I have so many things I can be thankful for. She said, and the first person I see when I can finally see will be the Lord Jesus Christ. She wrote about 9,000 hymns. She wrote, to God be the glory. 
Uh, she wrote, um, All the way my Savior leads me. And if you look in your hymnal, she's, she wrote a lot of hymns. She wasn't going to let anything stop her from serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, remember this. They were all in agreement. Secondly, we see the shepherds were aggressive. They were aggressive. Verse 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us. So they were in agreement. And then they were aggressive. Now go. All right, it's at night. It would have been easy for them to say, well, let's just wait till the morning. Let's just wait for a week from now. I found this out. When God lays upon my heart to hand out a track or invite somebody to church, if I don't do it right away, I talk myself out of doing it. Or the opportunity disappears. Because many times I see someone, I say, well, they need a track. And the Holy Spirit seems to work in my heart. And I think, well, uh, and I start debating my mind and then they're gone. Or I uh, talk to myself and, and I talk myself out of it and I'm filled with fear. Folks, they were aggressive. Wouldn't it be wonderful for the glory of God if we talked about people getting saved? If someone would say, would you pray for my uncle? He needs the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Would you pray for my parents? They're not saved. My co-worker, a great guy, but he's not saved. He needs Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. You see, if we aren't aggressive about it, I wonder if the unsaved wonders, is it real? Is there really a hell? Is there really a heaven? The shepherds were aggressive. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. The word preach means proclaim. He says, be in season, out of season. What that means is when I'm ready, when I'm not ready, when it's a convenient time, when it's not a convenient time. Be ready all the time. Aren't you thankful that people can get saved anytime, anywhere? God doesn't say the only can get saved in church. And that's why God has made us all ambassadors. We need to be more aggressive. The shepherds, it's interesting. Let us now go. We're not going to put it off. We're going to go now. Romans chapter 1, verse 15. So as much as me in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul said, I am now ready. This very moment, I am now ready. When you go to work, can you say, I'm now ready? We say we really care about people. If we really cared about people, we can't save them but we can give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the great command? Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, that eliminates me from talking myself out of witnessing some, to some people. I remember years ago when uh, Rebecca was just a little girl, 
And um, we were in one of the mobile home parks, and this guy had his radio, you could tell how long ago that was, on his boombox on his shoulder, and he was, uh, had real long hair and a Budweiser t-shirt, and um, I saw him walking down the road, and I just put my head down and kept walking, and Rebecca goes, Dad, Dad, doesn't he need the gospel too? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, everyone needs the gospel. We're needy people. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go ye, speaking to God's people, go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Isn't that a blessing? God says, I give you the message and I'm with you too. I give you the power. And over the years, I've seen God work in mighty ways where you didn't have to even say anything really. And they were ripe ready because someone had already witnessed to that person. They were aggressive. The Great Commission is not the great suggestion. Folks, we want to be right with God. And God left us on this earth for a purpose. And the shepherds, they were aggressive. Now, we have a track rack in the hallway out there. It's not so you can go by and look at the tracks. Wow, those tracks look great. It's for you to pick up some of those tracks and hand them out. Because it's not what you say that matters. It's what God says. And all of us this morning, if you're saved, you're so thankful that you're going to heaven. But folks, listen to me this morning. God says, go ye. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. Are we listening this morning? Are we listening to the cry from God? Someone once said, put your ear on the Bible and hear the commands from God. Hear the cries from the lost. And the condition of the lost. See, things don't change. I remember years ago, we had about 18 people show up for visitation. I thought, wow, this is great. We got to cover a lot of territory, got to hand out a lot of tracts. And I thought to myself, condition of man has not changed. In fact, they're more bold today. Sin is in the open today. More people are embracing it. More people seem to celebrate it. They're not ashamed of it. And folks, hell has not changed. Because when people die today without Christ, they still go to hell for all eternity. The shepherds were in agreement. They were aggressive but the shepherds were appreciative. They were appreciative. Notice what it says in verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They were overwhelmed. You know, there are 7.8 billion people on this earth. 
Why did God save me? Because when I die, I know I'm going to heaven. And all sorrows will erase when I see Christ. You you see, I can put my head on the pillow at night and not be worried about anything because no matter what happens to me in this life, I know I'm going to heaven. And if you're saved, you have that same confidence. But out of 7.8 billion people on the face of the earth, you realize this morning that only half of this world has heard about Jesus Christ? Only half? Why did God allow me to grow up in a Christian home? Why did God allow me to hear the gospel? And the shepherds that night were like, why us? The greatest news of all, the angels came to us. Stinky, smelly shepherds that can't read or write. Why didn't God send the angels to Jerusalem, to the priests, to the religious people? Why us? You see, when God delivered the message to the shepherds, they could not contain themselves. They had to go to Jerusalem or Bethlehem. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Folks, do you appreciate your salvation? God saved you. Not so that you could hoard the message, so you could tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. When God says something, it will happen. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. And whosoever was now found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It doesn't matter how nice of a person you're going to witness to. It doesn't matter how religious they are. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll spend all eternity in hell. The very fact that Christ has saved you ought to be a motivating factor to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. Verse 16. And they came with haste. Wow, they didn't drag their feet. Let's get to Bethlehem. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They got over the fear of people rejecting them. And maybe some people thought, I can't believe these shepherds. I mean, they went around and said, did you hear? Did you hear? Jesus Christ was born for us. I mean, what exciting news. We have great news today. Not only did Jesus Christ die or come to be born, he died for us. And he's coming again. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, verse 15, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Our world will never see peace. Our country will never see peace. But a person can have peace with God when they receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It was William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. 
He says, when I look at my Bible, without opening it, it reminds me of the command that God has for me. A command that God has for every single one of us. We're not going to bring our riches, our houses, our cars with us to heaven. But you can tell some about Jesus Christ. And we all know of people. You know, there's a lot of talk about the vaccine. And I, when I talked to Rebecca on Christmas Day, she said there's some nurses in their church that had the vaccine. And people are going, oh, this would be great. And I've had several people stop by or called and said, you know, once the vaccine comes, we'll come back to church. And people are talking about the vaccine being the great savior, folks. The vaccine won't save you from hell. Jesus Christ saves you from hell. And if you're saved this morning, you have that message. It's not, it's not my message. It's not your message. It's God's message. You see the shepherds. And you can say, well, I'm not very good at talking to people. God chose the shepherds. I mean, at least people don't walk on the other side of the street when you come down this street. You see, you don't, my brother does. Well, folks, shepherds, they took that message. They were humble in heart, and they delivered the message. They were in agreement. They were aggressive. They were appreciative. And I know this. When a child gets a gift they want, they tell others about it. I mean, when I was in school, the first day we got back to school was called show and tell. Remember that? And you stand and you tell people about the gift you got. And everybody else is going, I wish I would have got that gift. Folks, every day is show and tell. We have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heads heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. Now, a year from now, that gift you received on Friday may be broken, wore out. But there's one gift that will last forever and ever and ever. And folks, people need the gift of salvation. 